Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ahoy Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue in Conversation. My name is Brian Salvatore, and today on the show, Amazing Avenue's Grace Carbone speaks with Mets relief pitcher Trevor Hildenberger. Grace and Trevor are both film buffs, and so it seemed like a logical opportunity to put them together to talk about all things film ahead of the Oscars, which is this Sunday. Grace is actually going to return to the show next week with a different Oscars and Mets-related conversation, which should be a ton of fun as well. Grace and Trevor and me, for a few minutes at the end, chatted on Monday as the Mets had an off day in Chicago, and so enjoy that conversation. Hi, Trevor. Um, Hi, Grace. So I figure we'll start off just baseball, and then we'll move into to movies, since I feel like that's what both of us are here to talk about anyway. Um, you, just, you just got into a game for the first time this week. How's your time been with the Mets so far? Oh, it's been awesome. You know, obviously a very talented and deep team. And, um, you know, we had a couple of rainouts, we had a couple of days off, snow out. Um, so it's been hard to get into the rhythm in terms of, of playing baseball every day. Um, but I think the weather's starting to clear up, and hopefully, when we get into rhythm, you know, we really start winning some ball games. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. Great I think the future is bright. Yeah, you guys, you looked really good the other night. I do have to say that was that was great especially as the I don't know if you know this you've been with the Mets this season Mets bullpen hasn't historically been very good so it's always nice to have a good reliever thank you I appreciate that it's yep. first to, it's good to get the first one 
out of the way and put up a zero and, and start to feel more comfortable. Um, so we're both, we're both here because of baseball. We're also both here because of movies. Um, I'm a big baseball movie dork. I, I love them. I, I don't know what it is. It's just something about them. I cry during 90% of baseball movies and I don't know why it's, it's like a major league makes me cry for some reason. Um, logic, uh, type films. Yeah. Um, I'm sure being within it makes it different to watch those films. Cause I know when I watch movies about like filmmaking, as someone who's studied that and has done productions, it's different when you're like, uh, (laughs) are there any baseball movies that you do actually just love no matter what mood you're in? You know? Uh, Definitely. I think the Sandlot and League of Their Own are two movies. Like no matter what mood you can kind of um, pick it up halfway or whatever. If you found it on, you know, ENT late night one time. Um, Some of the movies you have to be in a specific mood, like, Love of the Game, uh, Old Durham's in that category now. Major League, too. I guess Major League, you could watch anytime. Yeah, I guess, like, the goofier or, like, more more funny ones that aren't trying to, like, actually, like, do, yeah. like, they're easier to get into. Aren't than you really want to, like, just pick up halfway through and when you're in a lighthearted mood. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that for, you know, a more serious film exactly um a lot of baseball films do sort of stretch the reality obviously because you're trying to create something that's more cinematic than Mm -hmm. realistic are there any baseball movies you watch that do actually capture that very specific reality of being a pro baseball player that's a good question um there are aspects of of almost every baseball movie that are accurate and some are, you know, not accurate. <laughs> but in terms of like the actual baseball playing, I think Moneyball is pretty good, if I remember correctly. Um, Major League at times. What's that one uh, with the, um, the like twelve year old manager? Uh, is that Little Big League? Little Big League. Yeah. I have I don't remember that, so I can't weigh in whether or not it's accurate. Um, <laughs> Rookie of the year, like not. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that the one where the kid breaks his arm and immediately becomes a power pitcher is <laughs> probably a little inaccurate. Or else we'd be out like breaking every kid's arm to see if like <laughs> the next <laughs> power pitcher's out there. Uh, <laughs> this is now that we're in movies. This is a very baseline question. Do you have a favorite film? I do. It's not very like original or trendy but vertigo is my favorite movie yeah that's a good one the score is just like mesmerizing um i was really captured the first time i saw it and i've seen it probably 20 or 25 times now and it's just like perfect i i've seen obviously i've seen vertigo um but like it's one of those movies for me first time i watched it i was like this is good and then it took seeing it in the theater i think oh okay because I feel like there's certain movies like that where you hear the music and it's over the, the speaker system and it's big and, you know, like stuff like that. It really connects. It's a like, different experience, truly, in a theater. Yeah, I had seen two years ago, I think they put, or three years ago, they put 2001 A Space Odyssey in theaters yeah. on IMAX. And I had I had seen it and I, I loved it. But when I saw it on the big screen, it changed it. Yes. There's like no way you watch you, you don't watch that movie differently after you've seen it gigantic. Yeah, so I've never seen it 
um, like larger than a TV screen. Mm-hmm. I know they're supposed to be screening it at the Museum of the Moving Image in New York City in like the next six months. I don't know how many times a week for the next six months. Yeah. So like by later in the summer, MLB has a little more relaxed protocols and I can go to movie theaters again. Um, and I would love to see it on a big screen because you're right. It does change your perspective of of the scope of that film when it came out. Yeah. It's important to remember. Because when you're when you're watching those older movies, it's not it's not like now where you, you know, filmmakers make movies and they know that at a certain point it's going to be seen on a television screen. It's going to be seen on a laptop or anything like that. The, you know, Kubrick and, and Hitchcock are making those movies. They were only shown on big screens. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Filmmaker having mind is important too. Yeah. The uh, the mu- Museum of the Moving Image, they're actually at the same time until September 26th, I think I looked today, they're doing an exhibit of um, like all sorts of different props from 2001 A Space Odyssey at the same time. Oh, it's like a whole... Yeah, so they have... I, I went there a couple years ago. They had a Scorsese exhibit. So all sorts of different stuff from his movies. It's It's a really great place in New York it's probably my favorite museum i've been to yeah i'm excited to go try it at the um francis ford coppola winery they have like a bunch of uh, artifacts from the godfather and some of his movies i don't know if they had any uh, apocalypse now but definitely like the desk from the godfather like a couple cars so it was kind of cool together yeah um what's your I know you, my favorite movie so it changed. So when I was when I was a kid, and I know that's like relative, I'm 23. But when I was a kid, it was a Christmas story. I loved a Christmas story. And I still do. It's one of my favorite. I can watch that any time of the year. Yeah. Then when I was 15 was when I got into film and it was The Breakfast Club. And I watched The Breakfast Club. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to make movies <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, and then a few years ago, I saw Lady Bird. And I went into it thinking like, oh, I'm gonna like this. And then I left it. And I just I cried the entire way home and there was no reason to, again, it's a movie that I shouldn't be crying at, but I just, it was one of those things where like you see a movie and you feel seen, like you feel, I felt like she had like driven into my brain and captured everything I was feeling when I was in high school and just put it on big screen. So that's, that's my favorite movie now. I don't know if it's going to change. It could possibly, but as of right now, it's Lady Bird. It's an awesome attitude to have that like it could change. You could have another visceral emotion reaction to another movie and feel seen again like that i love that that ability uh i think made me fall in love with movies in college of like wow this was carefully orchestrated you know the colors the lighting the blocking of the actors um like the music they're all to manipulate me in a way to feel a certain emotion and i think that that's takes a lot of talent and skill to do um well and so when you feel those powerful uh, emotions come up when watching a, a masterfully crafted scene is like, it's magic. And that's, I, that's one of my favorite things about film too, is it's every film is designed to make you feel something. And it's, it, it's, and it's sometimes it's, they design it specifically for you to feel this one way. And then other times, you know, you could feel it leaving one way. Someone could feel right. it leaving the other way. And I think it's also fascinating to watch these, you know, directors go about it totally different. Cause you know, you walk out of a Kubrick film 
and he's made you feel a certain way and Spike Lee could make you feel the same way, but he's gone about it a totally different direction. Yeah. Certain directors definitely have uh, signature styles that are much, much, you know, a lot different. Um, and I, I know you've said that, you know, you went to school for, you said before you went to school for, for film you went and then you were considering being a film critic is is that something that you might return to down the line not even as like a job but just like a hobby thing because I'm sure there's websites that you could say former ball player reviews a movie and they want to put it out there like that's like a you know I'd love to obviously like watch movies for free this is what I thought (laughs) was like watch all the movies you want for free you know write about them and like get paid to do that like yes that sounds great where do I sign up but really, writing about film is harder than you think. And uh, I'd love to, you know, use those tools and skills again that I used in college. But in terms of making a living doing it, I don't think I'm cut out for it. <laughs> but, you know, I'll continue to watch movies with a critical eye the rest of my life. But I think since graduating college and, like, entertaining that idea of being a film critic, I've, I've abandoned that hope, that dream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, when I, I went to school for film too, I went more on the production side. I don't know. Have you ever taken a film production course? I think I took a lighting class, but I, I dropped it because my schedule was too busy. I yeah, it's one or two classes. It's, it's interesting to sort of take that, like to go to do it yourself is so interesting when you're behind there and you're like, oh, now I have to figure out a way to make what I've seen you know, on the screen a million times to make something like that happen. Yeah. I wish I did take a, a production class, but. Um, when you were, when you were in school, I, you know, you went for a film. Did you find any like genres or directors that you really honed in on? Cause I feel like sometimes I know when I was first into film, I was like, I'm going to watch every Kubrick film. Then I'm going to watch every Scorsese film, or I'm going to watch everything in this genre that I like. Is there anything for like that for you? We took, in, in college, they had a class um, where it would, it would focus on certain directors and you'd watch all their works. And I took Spielberg first. Um, so I watched like all his early work. Um, you know, like the first film he ever made is like eight minutes or something. Uh, Duel is like made for TV movie, which is awesome. I think one of my favorite films. And then we work our way up to, you know, the big dogs of Jurassic Park and Jaws. And um, and then at the end of the semester, you picked one scene and one movie that we watched and kind of try to tie in, you know, themes and motifs that, that Spielberg liked to use and why that's a quintessential like Spielberg uh, scene. So I did that for Spielberg and Kubrick. So I've watched all of their stuff. I wish we had a class on David Fincher and David Lynch because I love anything David Lynch, like I'm going to watch. Yeah. It's I, I love David Lynch too. That's a guy I have to be in the right mood for though. I can't, yeah, I can't just pick up a David Lynch movie. No, it's not super uh, lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. Like I think we, I think the Lynch movie I've seen the most is weirdly Eraserhead, which I, I like, but it's definitely not my favorite of his, but I've watched it a bunch. Uh-huh. I um, Mulholland drive. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, and then Fincher, the thing is with Fincher now is like, you could take that class and then in like four years, he's got two more movies. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you do someone like Kubrick, 
that's it. The book is closed. His entire work is there for you. Or Lynch, who hasn't made a movie, like a real narrative film in 15 years. Right. You know. Fincher's crunching out or pumping out movies like. Yeah. Fincher's working on a new one already. He took like seven years between Gone Girl and Mank and then was like, I'm going to make four right now. Like I. <laughs> hey, sometimes the creative spirit just strikes you, I guess. Yeah. Um, have you, th- th- this is something I was thinking about. I feel like we hear all the time, like as fans about, you know, a lot of times baseball players like, oh, you know, after the game, whatever, we go play video games, whatever. Do you have any teammates who are like hidden film buffs? Like guys who would, you know. I'm sure I do. I'm sure there's people in the clubhouse who watch a lot of movies and, you know, like talking about them, but um, not to my knowledge. It's only been a couple of weeks here. And Well, I'm saying I'm just, I'm more like in general over your career because. Yeah, I've talked about movies with different people. I don't think they've taken classes in college or anything, but discussing movies is always uh, a fun pastime. Yeah um now this weekend the oscars are coming up have you seen any of the films from this year or so i had a daughter in august okay my wife and i were pretty busy you know we were on lockdown and then Mm -hmm. new parents um so we spent a lot of time with our baby and i haven't watched any of the movies i want to see sound of metal um i think that's my number one movie i want to check out but no do you have do you have predictions uh I mean, yeah, I am a big, I'm a big Oscar person, as I'm sure several people at this website would tell you. Um, Sound of Metal is very good. I really, really enjoyed that one. I mean, Nomadland's probably going to win everything, but I think my favorite of the year was Promising Young Woman. If you get a chance to catch that one. I've heard a lot about it, but I have not been able to see it. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Um, Carrie Mulligan is amazing in it. And I mean, have you seen anything else, anything she's been in? Because she's someone who will disappear for four years and then just make a movie. I don't think so. She was in, if you get a chance, there's a really good movie called Wildlife. I just watched it. And it's like a, like, it's like a little, like a quiet drama. It's directed by Paul Dano, the guy from. uh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have there been, like, not even this year, just recently, like, any recent movies from the last maybe five years or so that, like, really connected with you? Oh man, I should have made a list. <laughs> sure. In the last five years, definitely. Or just like recently, it doesn't have to be like that time frame, but you know. You know what movie I went into thinking it was like not really taking it seriously and then ended up blowing me away was Into the Spider-Verse. Oh and- yeah. But that was like really eye-opening for me. 
that was what's fun about that one is the animation style because they really they went animators or something like insane amount of of animation went into it and it's just gorgeous yeah and they like it was i I like movies like i think um what was it ryan the last dragon from a few months ago did something similar to a much lower level but like sort of melding animation styles where they'll be like i saw that was on disney plus yeah it was it was good and it was like they would do like it would be that cg sort of typical disney animation now and then they would do like moments of like oh we're gonna do almost the old school 2d cell animation so it was like it was cool to sort of meld those two i I like when films do that like in into the spider-verse they'd meld like comic book looking stuff with cg animation you know all sorts of different that's awesome um Oh man, I just had a question. I might. So you, there we go. You took the Kubrick class. I did, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite Kubrick film? I'm a big Kubrick fan too. So. 2001. 2001. Okay. Yeah, 2001. Although Barry Lyndon is sneaky good. Yeah. If people don't really think of that as as Kubrick. They think like Full Metal Jacket, Clockwork Orange, Shining. Um, but yeah, I think it would be 2001. Probably The Shining, and then Barry Lyndon. I, Barry Lyndon is one of those ones that like I feel like a lot of people don't want to give it the time because it's kind of again it's like almost it's a little quiet it's it's a little like very slow it's pretty long yeah and it's it's like that's one for like the people who are like oh I get Kubrick now let me go in but when when you get to that one it's it's a treasure it's it fantastic the first one you watch of his collection you know yeah um personally I think my favorite is Doctor Strange Love yeah that one's yeah that's a good choice to uh, to me i almost take kubrick's filmography and like split it in two weirdly enough like the color like like i split it from dr strange love to 2001 i feel like those are two different eras of his career and it's weird because like one's over the span of like 10 years and then the other one's over the span of like 30 but like they do feel very different in a way definitely yeah and then spielberg you said you loved duel is there any other from that Spielberg, you know, filmography that you. Jaws. Truly Jaws is uh, an amazing film that like changed, you know, how, what a blockbuster is basically invented being a blockbuster. Um, Jaws and then Jurassic Park. I think growing up Jurassic Park is like, I was super into dinosaurs as a kid. So that was like the peak of entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I here's a confession I and I mean I was born after Jurassic Park came out I don't think I saw it until I was 20. Did you see it in a on a big screen? I did see it on a big screen that wasn't the first time I saw it but I did see it on a big screen. I was one is pretty amazing. When I grew up I wasn't a like I've seen a lot of movies but most of them were in the last 10 years I didn't watch a lot of movies growing up I think I could probably count on two hands the amount of movies I saw growing up. That's great, though, because now you can see him, you know, with a retrospective vision of how if you saw like a movie from the 90s yeah. how, and how impactful it was in pop culture and then viewing it now. It's a cool lens to look through. Yeah, I'm my personal Spielberg favorite is probably Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but Jaws is right up there, too. Close Encounters, huh? That's not one of my favorites. I see. I, I didn't love it again until I saw it on the big screen and I. I don't know what it was, but it was just everything about it was gigantic. Raiders is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not a big Saving Private Ryan. You know, uh, Sneaky Good is Minority Report. Yes, totally. 
really good. Yeah. That's the thing with like Kubrick and Spielberg and guys like that is like even their worst movies aren't bad. So right. like, you know, Spielberg's, you know, he put out he puts out movies that are like underseen and people are like, eh, that's fine. But like, they're still good movies. It's just because we're because we're comparing like the BFG to Jaws and like his other movies. Like you can't you can't say like, oh, man this movie's bad when you're thinking like this guy also made same Pirate Ryan Schindler's list. Like it's right. weird. You can't, you can't compare the two. Yeah. Schindler's list versus like the adventures of Tintin. Or yeah. Like- <laughs> They're two very different things. You're not getting the same thing out of them. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any other directors that you enjoy? You know, um, in Korean cinema, um, the guy who directed Old Boy and Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance. Um, yeah. Chance Clark? Yeah. 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 He's, he's pretty awesome. I mean, it was, it, this one was, the talking about Korean cinema, big sensation last year. Did you get to see Parasite? I have seen Parasite. Yeah. That's a movie in the last five years that yeah. um, wowed me. That's, that's one of those ones that, I, I mean, I saw it when it came out and then I went back right around the Oscars. They were putting all the movies back in theaters and I went to see it again because I loved it. And yeah. it's it's such a fun movie to watch with people, mm-hmm. because especially if you know what's going to happen and they don't. Yes. I remember sitting there being like, oh, I know it's coming. And then the, like people around me were like gasping and stuff like that. You can't. That's the power of like watching a movie is exactly. watching that emotion come out. And having privileged knowledge of like what's coming and then being yeah. share that with other people. And I think that's really like something like Parasite. It's fun because you can go back and watch it and know what's going to happen. And still you can get something else out of it then. Because now you're seeing the clues being laid. You're seeing the, the building blocks of what's going to happen. Right. Uh, let's see. But genres. Do you have any sort of favorite genre of Thrillers. Thrillers? Yeah. Thrillers, suspense, mystery type are probably my favorite. So that ties into the Vertigo sort of... Oh, old boy. Yeah. Shining. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Brian, do you have anything you want to add? Um... Well, I, I, I do want to rep David Lynch. Um, <laughs> I saw your little message, I got, so I wanted to see if got, you had I, something to say I, about that. I got, I got very excited when Lynch was brought up. I'm currently, so I watched Twin Peaks when I was in college 20 years ago, and I have not rewatched. I'm in the middle of a Twin Peaks rewatch right now. That's I'm about to rewatch it too. It's bonkers. I had forgotten how, like, how much he goes for it instantly like that's my david lynch thing is like david lynch does nothing in a half measure like he has an idea he just goes for it i feel like that's him and spike lee spike lee doesn't do anything by half he comes in he tells you exactly what he's feeling and then you can either get on board or leave (laughs) yes um have either of you seen the david lynch film the straight story no so it's like the least talked about film in lynch's uh filmography it's pg and it's a Disney film. It's produced by Disney. Wow. And it's about it's a true story about a guy whose brother is dying. And so he he's like he's in his 70s and he doesn't have a car because his license was taken away. So he rigs up his lawnmower 
and drives across three states to visit his brother. It's a true story. This actually happened. And Lynch made the movie of it. And it's like this totally straightforward movie, except like three times you get a Lynch scene. <laughs> and like for somebody who loves Lynch, it's it's great. But I watched it with my college roommate and he was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like just you know, these things just popped out of nowhere and he had no idea what to do with them. I'm like, oh, that, that's a David Lynch scene. You're like, going to have to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to like you have to know what you're getting when you go into a Lynch film. Um, and then I, I was going to also say that I saw Jurassic Park. I'm I'm considerably older than both of you, <laughs> and so I saw Jurassic Park in the theater when I was in middle school, and seeing that seeing those dinosaurs on that screen was like as close to a religious experience <laughs> as a film could have had. Like it was just like I could not believe what I was looking at, it looked so real. And in a way, like I, I had seen special effects before, but it was like, it was this totally different type of special effects presentation where it wasn't trying to look impressive. It was trying to look real. I know that doesn't sound like a big difference, but I think that there's a real stylistic difference in the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park versus how they've been presented on screen before. And it just blew away my 12 year old self, just totally blew it away. <laughs> oh, so That's kind of how I feel about uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the original one, because I saw it at the same age, like middle school, like 12, 13. Uh, mm -hmm. And you, we know how much money and time and effort went into like making everything in those films look as real as possible. Um, so seeing like the two towers in theaters for my 12th birthday was like, the, again, the peak <laughs> of a moving going, movie going experience. So I saw... Uh... Fellowship of the Ring at a midnight screening the first night it came out and I was in college at this time and my friend and I got to the movie theater and we had both read Lord of the Rings books in high school, middle school, whatever it was and we walked into the theater and there was this buzz in the room and there were people dressed like Gandalf and people like carrying swords and like you just got the feeling that for some people this was the most important day of their life and I I'm not <laughs> saying that disparagingly I'm not, I'm like I don't yuck your yum. Like if you're into something, man, go for it, be into it. And it just seemed like there were people who were just like, they've been waiting for this moment their whole life. And I remember sitting down and thinking like, please let this be good. Because if these people have waited their whole lives for this moment and this movie sucks, it's going to just destroy them. And obviously it's really good. And so, you know, it's a, uh, it's something that uh, I will, I will always remember seeing that movie for that reason. Um, the question I had for you guys was, uh, if you have, if either of you are big documentary people or if you prefer fiction films. I watch anything. Like I seriously, literally I'll watch anything. I don't try to discriminate. I feel like just being open to anything. If it interests me, I'm going to watch it. So like I love, some of my favorite movies of all time are documentaries. I love Hoop Dreams. I love The Thin Blue Line. I love, you know, any any sort of documentary like that. Hoop Dreams is just so good. Like, I, I kind of want to watch it right now just because I said Hoop Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Trevor? I, I think I gravitate more towards fiction films. Mm -hmm. I think um, having a clear narrative sometimes uh, helps me get into a movie. But I'm, I, like I said, I, I gravitate towards, but I'm not, like, against documentaries. Uh, mm -hmm. I just watch them at a lower clip. I think my wife... Um, likes them more than I do and she she gets me to watch more I will watch so I watch documentaries again I love them but I watch them 
if I watch one, I'm going to watch 20 in a row and then I'm not going to watch any for three months. Mm -hmm. And then again, I'll watch one and then I'll watch 20 in a row and then I won't watch any for three months. So I have to really be careful if I'm like trying to watch something and then I'm like, oh, in the middle of watching this thing, let me watch a documentary. And then I completely disrail my like entire life for a week and a half. It throws everything out of balance. Yeah. (laughs) I guess uh, my, uh, I guess where we'll wrap up here is just, is there a movie that both of you would recommend to our listeners that they maybe aren't aware of, whether it's like a, a lesser known film or a movie that maybe isn't typically regarded as great that you guys would recommend to uh, to a listener? Uh, I'm going to need a minute because I'm like <laughs> going through the, the filing cabinet in my brain. I have a few. I'm actually going to look at my letterbox for a minute. I'm a big letterbox okay. person because I'm going to, go I'm right going to look at my favorite films and see what I've done. I, I, I will kill time for both of you by saying my <laughs> choice, which is that um, the Coen brothers are considered like great directors, but I feel like some other films get inordinately more attention than others. And one I feel does not get enough attention is inside Lewin Davis, yes. which is uh, one of their most recent films. And I feel like that film is perfect in almost every way. Like the best movies for me, are movies where I want to hang out in that world after the movie's over and talk to those characters and just live there. And to me, that movie does such a great job. I'm also, I'm a musician and I love uh, when music is used well in a film and that movie used music, uses music amazingly well. And uh, yeah, I, I love that movie. That movie makes you, makes me feel tired. It makes me feel, uh, you know, like a loser. It makes me feel like Lewin throughout the whole movie. And that's a, that's a good thing when it makes you feel like the character. So that's my pick. I I haven't seen it. Sadly, sadly. Worth seeing. Worth checking out. That's an impassioned speech. I, I will definitely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Do you have a pick for a movie that our listeners should check out, Trevor? I mean, a girl with a dragon, girl with a dragon tattoo by Fincher, I think is one of my favorite movies of his. And I know they never like finished the trilogy of it. And there's a Swedish version, which is also good. Um, but the American version, I, I really, really enjoy. And a lot of people haven't seen it. So I'm going to have a few because I can't pick. Uh, I'm indecisive. So I'm just going to give like little tiny pitches for these movies. SLC Punk Go for it. blew my mind when I saw it. I love that movie so much. So cool. Um, Booksmart came out two years ago. I feel like a bunch of people have seen it, but more people need to see it. I saw that movie in the theater 11 times. Cool. That's dedication, <laughs> including once I went to a Q&A for it. Be- best time of my life. I love that movie so much. I think I could quote it from memory. Um, let's see. Sing Street is a really, really good movie. Came out like five, six years ago about like, it's almost like the commitments, but in high school in the 80s, um so it's like kids who love the cure and duran duran creating their own band super super good it's by the guy who made begin again and once so the guy knows how to make a musical um kajillionaire came out last year not enough people have seen this movie it's weird that's my thing with this movie it's made by miranda july who's an artist and like she's a weird artist so that and me and you and everyone we know both blew my mind but you have to go into it knowing that you're getting a film from someone who does not think the way that normal people think. I, th- that's, there we go. That, and here's my other thing. Watch more movies by women directors because 
Yes. There's so many like women directors who aren't getting their work seen that once you see them, TCM, which is my favorite television channel, um, they did a whole thing last year where it was women make films. So they had this documentary series that was 14 hours long covering all sorts of women made, like female made films. And they would show films made by women while like in that every night so that you would get the whole scope of it. Go find Dorothy Arzner films, go find Ida Lupina films. They're the work made by women, especially back in the 1930s and forties don't get talked about because there's so few of them, but Dorothy Arzner invented the boom microphone and the use of stock footage in film. Like this woman has changed the way the first narrative feature film ever made was made by a woman. It was made by Alice Guy Blachey. There's film is, is historically made by women. And then it was pushed aside. Find the, find their films. I Lupino made a made films that were, B movies, but they covered real subjects. She made a movie about rape in like 1947 from like the women woman's perspective, and it's mind blowing to watch. So that's my pitch: watch movies by women. <laughs> yes, I, that's a good pitch. Yeah, I, I concur. <laughs> Trevor, if folks want to follow you on social media, where can they do that? Uh, at t underscore Hildy, I believe my handle is both on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And uh, we're really excited that you're on the Mets. We hope to see you for many years to come at City Field. And uh, I, I think I speak for all of us that it's really cool to uh, to talk to somebody who's a pro ball player who's so passionate about film. It's really <laughs> cool. And I, I love I love seeing the other side of ball players. So thank you for making the time today. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Grace, it was a pleasure. Yep. Uh, I really had a lot of fun. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> yeah, of course. Awesome. Thank you for listening, folks. We truly appreciate it. As I mentioned before, Grace will return to In Conversation next week with a different Mets-Oscars connection. Uh, if anyone can figure that out, tweet at us. I'd love to see if somebody can put together what we're talking about. But if not, it'll be a lot of fun on Friday of next week as well. So please enjoy that. You can go to AmazingAvenue.com and check out our game recaps, our news, and more of our amazing podcasts. Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, a pot of their own, Unformidable, and From Complex to Queens. We hope you check out all those shows because everybody on those shows works very, very hard for what they do. We also hope that you check out Amazing Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow Grace on Twitter at OD Guitar. And until next time, let's go Mets.